Hi, Pam Johnson back to discuss CT of the gallbladder. And in the previous talk, we reviewed the different patterns of gallbladder pathology, with uh, including focal intraluminal mass, wall thickening, either focal or diffuse, and a mass replacing the gallbladder. So with this second talk, we're going to begin discussing focal wall thickening, and the differential diagnosis includes adenomyomatosis, xanthogranulomatous cholecystitis, gallbladder cancer, and again, metastatic melanoma. So here's a patient with xanthogranulomatous cholecystitis demonstrating focal wall thickening. And as I mentioned in the first talk, the coronal multiplanar reconstructions are really essential for accurately delineating whether there's a mass in the gallbladder or just a segment of wall thickening because you can be fooled on the axial images as we see on the coronal image here. This is some irregular wall thickening and, and some interluminal material in a patient with xanthogranulomatous cholecystitis. And this is the process that can mimic many of the patterns of gallbladder cancer. Here's a patient with gallbladder cancer and focal wall thickening, shown very nicely both on ultrasound on the images on the left and on CT. We can see that there's biliary dilatation and there's a focal almost apple core-like lesion in the central portion of the gallbladder with enhancement wall thickening. This is a gallbladder cancer. In the bottom image on the right, we see some peripancreatic adenopathy, which is very common location for metastatic adenopathy in patients with gallbladder cancer. Moving on to diffuse wall thickening, there's a wide range of causes for diffuse wall thickening beyond even gallbladder inflammation and gallbladder neoplasm. In terms of primary gallbladder pathology, we include acute and chronic cholecystitis, xanthogranulomatous cholecystitis, and gallbladder cancer. But as we know, there's many other causes in uh, for example, local inflammatory processes such as pancreatitis, hepatitis, perforated duodenal ulcer, right-sided diverticulitis or pyelonephritis, and systemic processes like congestive heart failure, the um, secondary findings in cirrhosis, renal failure, and hypoalbuminemia can all cause diffuse gallbladder wall thickening. So it's a very nonspecific finding and has to be interpreted with consideration of the patient's medical conditions. Let's start with acute calculus cholecystitis, which pathologically is due to acute inflammation with intraluminal polymorphonucleosites, as shown in the pathology slide here. And ultrasound remains the first-line imaging modality for acute cholecystitis. CT is really very helpful in evaluating complicated cases, and as we know, in many instances, a patient will have pain that is has not been localized to cholecystitis and is imaged with CT, and we then make the diagnosis, so we have to be aware of the findings. And CT, um, in one paper that evaluated patients with simple and complicated cholecystitis, CT had much higher sensitivity for the patients with complicated cholecystitis. So that's, that's really a uh, primary role of CT in these patients. But we're going to review the CT findings of a a range of different types of acute cholecystitis, including gangrenous emphysematous or acute cholecystitis with perforation and secondary ascites or abscess, hemorrhagic cholecystitis, which is rare but should be recognized because of the high morbidity and mortality associated, and Marisi syndrome, which I will discuss. But starting with acute cholecystitis, the CT findings, similar to ultrasound, presence of gallstone in, in patients with calculus cholecystitis, gallbladder is distended, wall thickening, they have pericholecystic fluid and inflammation. 
you may see subserosal edema. And as I showed previously, the hyperemia within the adjacent liver due to gallbladder inflammation is a very helpful finding. Here's a patient with acute calculus cholecystitis. See the ultrasound images on the left showing the gallstone and the wall thickening and similar findings in the CT on the right with diffuse wall, mild diffuse wall thickening as well as dependent gallstones. This patient had a positive Murphy sign and this was acute cholecystitis. Here's a second patient with acute cholecystitis, a 70 year old man with gallstones, gallbladder wall thickening, gallbladder distension, here is a second patient with acute calculus cholecystitis. This is a 70-year-old man with gallstones, gallbladder wall thickening, and gallbladder distension. The ultrasound demonstrates the stones and wall thickening very nicely, but as you can see, CT is really excellent for showing the inflammation in the pericholecystic fat, as well as the other findings of acute cholecystitis. This was necrotizing acute cholecystitis at pathology. So let's discuss gangrenous cholecystitis, which is a severe acute cholecystitis that results in transmural necrosis. The wall of the gallbladder is replaced by acute inflammation with extensive background necrosis. And there are ultrasound findings that have been defined as somewhat specific for this, which include a very thickened wall with striations and the presence of intraluminal echogenicities, which are exudate and debris. There's uh, the, the mucosal membranes will slough in this process, and you will see intraluminal membranes. So when you see these findings of severe wall thickening with striations and intraluminal debris, you have to be concerned about gangrenous cholecystitis. Important to recognize that the Murphy sign is absent in two-thirds of the patients with this process because of the transmural necrosis and the patients, the nerve endings are destroyed. So Absence of a Murphy sign actually supports the diagnosis. Here's a nice example of gangrenous cholecystitis in a 51-year-old woman. You see the laminated wall thickening on ultrasound with gallstones, and um, as shown in this uh, enlarged image, this is the classic appearance on ultrasound. CT, you can see a similar appearance, and let's discuss the CT findings. In gangrenous cholecystitis, you may, you may see gas in the wall or in the lumen, and as mentioned with ultrasound, intraluminal membranes, the wall um, may be absent or irregular with absence of mural enhancement because the wall is necrotic, and these patients often will develop an abscess. So here's a nice example of gangrenous cholecystitis on CT. Look at the degree of wall thickening, but really absent enhancement, and you can see some striations. What, what correlates to the striation seen on ultrasound, we see some linear enhancement within this necrotic wall, and this is a patient with gangrenous cholecystitis on CT. I'd like to show you a couple cases of perforated acute cholecystitis because the findings can be very subtle. Here's a patient, ultrasound images in the top row, and you can see the wall thickening, but not great visualization. CT shows much, much better the pericholecystic inflammation in the second, first and second images, and then just a small amount of perihepatic fluid in the fourth image. This was perforated cholecystitis at, at surgery. So important to recognize that even a small amount of perihepatic or pericholecystic fluid may reflect gallbladder perforation. This is a much more clear, clearly demonstrated example of a perforated gallbladder in the setting of acute cholecystitis. The ultrasound images have much better visualization than the last case and show the pericholecystic abscess adjacent to the gallbladder wall, which is also shown nicely in the CT images on the bottom row. This was um, 
treated with percutaneous drainage, the patient had bacteremia and confirmed to be uh, an abscess. So let's move on and discuss emphysematous cholecystitis. This is a separate entity that occurs in patients with vascular insufficiency, such as diabetics that are at higher risk. The vascular compromise divitalizes the gallbladder wall, and superinfection with gas-producing organisms is the etiology for the gas in these patients. On ultrasound, you'll see the reverberation artifact with acoustic shadowing. And on CT, the gas can be in the gallbladder lumen, in the wall, or even in the pericholecystic fat essential to confirm that there's no communication with the bowel to account for the gas because rarely you can have patients who will have a, a fistula from the gallbladder to the duodenum due to some other underlying pathology such as cancer and that can also cause gas within the gallbladder um, much much less common but let's so let's review a couple cases of emphysematous cholecystitis here's the ultrasound appearance the wall is only minimally thickened but we can see the, uh, the gas in the non-dependent gallbladder with the reverberation artifact. So here's the same patient CT where we see the correlate of uh, the intraluminal gas on the CT as well as the pericholecystic inflammation and the layering gallstones, which we see both with ultrasound and CT in this case. Okay, I'd like to discuss hemorrhagic cholecystitis, which is rare but very important to recognize. These patients usually have underlying gallstones. It can occur in patients who have had trauma. Often they're anticoagulated, but it, they also, it can also be seen in patients with renal failure or cirrhosis and rarely in a patient with an underlying mass. They present with right upper quadrant pain, and they may have some unusual symptoms such as hemobilia or GI bleeding, which should herald other considerations other than simple acute cholecystitis. It has a very high mortality rate. It can be complicated by common bile duct obstruction and hemoperitoneum, and it's really very important to recognize. So here we will discuss the findings on ultrasound. You may see echogenic material within the lumen, but as we all know, sludge can appear as echogenic material as well. So it's a nonspecific finding. They can have interluminal membranes and focal wall irregularity. On CT, you're going to see high attenuation fluid, but again, this is nonspecific as sludge can be high density on CT, but if you see a hematocrit level or active extravasation, clearly you're dealing with a hemorrhagic process. So here's an example of a case of hemorrhagic cholecystitis. Now this, the, uh, the echogenicity of this intraluminal material is, is very high, almost mass-like, and this, this was intraluminal hemorrhage. And here's the CT appearance. Again, high density, but not just your standard sludge because there's a lot of pericholecystic inflammation in this patient who's, who has acute hemorrhagic cholecystitis. And the presence of uh, hemorrhage confirmed on the MR images and also confirmed at pathology when uh, there was superficial necrosis and hemocytorin. Patient was, was operated at a slightly later time. But that were, those were the pathologic findings in this patient with hemorrhagic cholecystitis. Let's talk a minute about Maritzi syndrome, which is obstruction of the common hepatic duct by inflamed gallbladder with stones. And there are a couple of findings that should clue you into this diagnosis. Here's a patient's ultrasound where there are gallstones obstructing the common bile duct. I'm sorry, the common hepatic duct. And the key in this case is that you have intrahepatic duct dilatation, but the common bile duct within the pancreatic head is going to be normal caliber because it's the, it is the gallbladder that's obstructing the common hepatic duct. 
So normal distal common bile duct is the key. You can develop a cholecystobiliary fistula if the stone erodes into the common bile duct, um, an additional finding, but that may not be apparent on the CT. So I think we're going to stop there, and then when I come back, we're going to discuss diffuse wall thickening and go into some detail about gallbladder cancer staging. So thank you very much.